In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 104.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm the Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, you already know this. Over the past few months, we have seen so much change so quickly and so drastically due to COVID-19. There is distance learning with school closings, teleworking, like we're doing right now, as a matter of fact. Health and safety protocols put into place. We've seen changes in the way we worship corporately as believers in Jesus and how churches are serving their communities. So joining us today is a young woman who is a recent graduate of Georgetown University, indeed the class of 2020, and she wrote a research paper highlighting the church's ability to serve during this crisis. And we want to talk about that. You know the drill to get us going here to get us started and to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Good to see you virtually, my friend. God bless you. Well, yeah, this kind of turning into the new normal. We're doing this so virtually. I think our whole state, our whole nation is kind of doing it the same way. But I have to tell you, uh, I'm going to look forward to actually the day someday where we can actually see each other, Dennis, face to face, get a chance to uh, amen, amen. be out and about, listen to and see and meet some of the people who are so faithful to listen here to good news for the city. Uh, because, you know, the message that we share on the show is the truth about who Jesus is and why it matters. Amen. And today, amen. like many days, we're going to talk about the church. Um, the church, as you know, is God's design to reach the world and tell them the truth about Jesus Christ. And during these COVID-19 times, Dennis, you know, again, new challenges for all of us. Everything from how do I just make sure that I get my face and my audio on this Zoom meeting to much more complicated things, like how does the church physically do the job that the church is called to do? And that is to uh, love others and love Jesus. How in the loving others part do we actually become sort of, as we say a lot of times, the hands and feet of Jesus? Do the physical things that Jesus wants us to accomplish. But as we all know, we're in this moment, we're in this time that there are hurdles, there are challenges. And I think that's, that's hit all of us about these challenges. And one particular person that we have in virtual studio today uh, is Olivia Jenkins. And that has hit Olivia specifically. Let me tell you a little bit about Olivia. And then uh, we're going to hop in and just talk to her about some research that she's done and uh, how it might help us all to, to be the church that God wants us to be in this time. Olivia is from New York City. She's a recent graduate of Georgetown University, 2020, which means she didn't get her graduation ceremony. My condolences. That's a whole lot of work to not get a chance to walk across. So I, I certainly hope that you're going to get some opportunity like that in the soon uh, coming months, Olivia. She studied English literature and journalism in her time there. Now, while she was in D.C. as well, she served at her local church, Citizens Heights. She was on the worship team. Uh, she served the youth team and the young adult team. Currently, though now, she finds herself living in New Jersey with her seven-member family. Uh, due to this crisis, she's actually unsure, like a lot of people are right now, 
uh, what her next steps is. But as those of us uh, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can be trusting in the fact that God will faithfully lead us to our purpose. And that's what she's trusting as well, that God will faithfully lead her to her purpose. So uh, thanks for joining us all the way from New Jersey today, Olivia. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, a long time ago in a faraway land when I was in college, uh, so that was a long time ago, um, you know, we all had these moments where we had to do some research and had to do papers and those sort of things. And I think if we have the ability to remember that scenario, there's a moment or something that sort of sparks our interest in a particular subject. Right. For you particularly, what sparked your research? What sparked your idea specifically to, to write some research on how a church should be responding during this COVID-19 pandemic that we have across the world. Right. So when I was writing my research paper, I was given the opportunity to kind of choose whatever topic I, I felt was most important for not only me to understand more about, but for my readers to understand more about. And for me, like I said, um, I'm, I had a huge role in my church um, in DC, Citizen Heights, and I, I went there every Sunday. I was there multiple times a week. And once this pandemic hit, it was very weird to see how it was shifting um, to a more virtual environment. Now, we we're very blessed to be a church that had already been doing online services. So it was kind of in our in the realm of what we knew how to do. Um, but it was still weird to watch, like having to switch so many different things to virtual services. And, and honestly, we were struggling with it. And so for me, watching my church, which I what I serve at, and I, I love the people there, my pastors are awesome, for, for me to watch us struggle in that way, um, it made me think about what other churches might be struggling in churches that don't have, you know, access to technology, how they might be experiencing the shift during this time. So that was kind of where my idea stemmed from. And, and it kind of grew into my desire to just learn more about the local church in general. The local church yeah. has always played a huge role in my life. I grew up going to church. Um, I was an 8 a.m. in the church on Sunday and 8 p.m. leaving the church. Um, so my family has always been really active in the church. So I just wanted to find a way to kind of learn more about the local church during this time, learn more about how people can, you know, ad adjust and adapt to what's going on, because it really is a, a crazy thing that we're going through right now. And I don't think churches have seen this ever. So this is, and it just felt like a really important thing to talk about. Yeah, there's a word that's being passed around a lot in media, online, and, you know, in the radio, like now we're saying, unprecedented, right? right. There's really not really a playbook for what we're going through. Uh, you mentioned, you know, I pastor a church in Ashburn Christian Fellowship Church, and a lot of the things that you're talking about are the same sort of challenges uh, that our church, and I know many churches, are dealing with, because it's just completely different. Just because you've had an online presence before, that, that's different than only being online and those sort of things. Right. And, and it looks here when you did your research, you kind of focused in on two specific areas in regards to uh, the churches do so many things, but you focused on mm -hmm. two specific things. Um, the idea of worship services and then community outreach. Uh, what was the thought process behind picking those particular two aspects of what a church does? Right. So when I was looking at, you know, what does the church do? What is the role of the church as a whole? How does it show up in society? I, I kind of found that those were the two areas that most churches were serving in. They had their, you know, weekly services on Sunday, and then most churches did have some form of community outreach as well. So, and those, you know, both of those experiences are person to person. So I felt like those were the most important things to look at, like how is that shifting in right. this virtual online time? So that was kind of the, the premise. And obviously the church serves in multiple different capacities besides those two, but that was kind of, those two were the main things that I wanted to focus on. 
Yeah, because as you know, we all know we're in this time of uh, social separation, six feet, you know, wearing a mask, all of that. And, and so much about a worship gathering and certainly outreach is a personal interaction that is right. certainly within six feet and a lot of times a lot of touching uh, mm-hmm. and those sort of things. It, it does. It, it challenges that. So let's hop first into sort of the, uh, the worship service experience, I guess. A lot of churches, not all, but a lot of churches um, give out their services online, um, whether it's through their website or through Facebook or through mm-hmm. Vimeo or YouTube or, or many other different platforms. But not all churches do that. And, and even for the churches who did it and doing online, there's some, it doesn't mean transitioning to doing, here's a live service online to doing everything online is, is the same thing. Right. Help us kind of understand some of those challenges if you could. So, I mean, I am 21 years old and I struggle with technology. It's just a fact. I don't think anybody has a good, you know, an extreme grip on technology. So when I was looking at churches, um, like I mentioned before, my church has been doing online services for the past um, couple of years. Um, but there are a lot of churches, a lot of traditional churches, um, a lot of smaller churches that don't do anything online. Um, it's not wrong. There's no right or wrong here. But I think that it's interesting in the 21st century, in this heavy technology world that we live in, that there are some churches that don't, you know, have that online presence. There are some churches that don't even have websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting for me to kind of see how are those churches um, transitioning into a world where you can't meet in person? Like, what else are you going to do besides go online? So a lot of churches were struggling with figuring out, you know, what platform to be using. Do we use Zoom? Do we use Skype? Do we do Facebook Live? Um, And there are a lot of factors that go into deciding, you know, which one to use, how many people are going to be online in your church. Do you want to have the ability to share it with people outside of your church member, um, your church body, because that is also another important factor. Um, And then I guess a lot of churches have to decide, well, are we going to continue to film our services inside our church building or are we going to have like our pastor in his living room with his kids and his dog running around and he's going to be preaching a sermon from his home like, I, I have a, a cat churches. just for the record not a dog but a yes, dog I know well that a cat right? or a dog any mm-hmm. type of you know wild animal or a child could be mm-hmm. running around while the pastor is preaching so churches had to kind of figure out what the best method was for them to you know present an online church and um you know a lot of like I said before a lot of churches that didn't have that online presence before, it's kind of like, you know, you're asking them to jump from zero to a hundred with going to online. They have to figure out lighting and they have to figure out audio and they have to figure out all of these different things. And for some churches that is extremely overwhelming. And that is, you know, they have small staffs. They, their staffs aren't, you know, well-versed in technology. People don't really know how to figure this stuff out. So it is really hard to kind of expect churches to immediately switch to an online experience. And we've seen that even in the, the work field as well like it's hard for some businesses to transition into online um so but it is really important that churches maintain this virtual um meeting because they have they have congregations they have members Mm -hmm. that are you know relying on their pastors they have members that that are hurting during this time that need to be hearing the word of god um from their their pastors that they know and trust so it is really it's a challenging place to be in because you know we do have these churches who like I said, have been doing online for years and years and years now, and they're well-versed in that. But we also have these churches that, you know, don't even, like I said, don't have websites. So how can yeah. we bridge the gap? How can we make sure that those churches are still being able to, you know, share their services with their members? Because ultimately, like the local church is really important. And if mm-hmm. I think if you have 
um, you know, community in that local church, you don't want to just lose it because they can't go online. So like, how can churches learn how to do this in a way that's going to be beneficial for them and their congregation members? Yeah. So let, let's take that for a moment, because I think, you know, we're focusing here rightfully on some of the challenges that come in, in anyone who's tried to dial in or catch online their church services, they may have experienced on their end, the challenge of just what it was to get in or maybe experience the church is challenging and streaming it that way. I think uh, just about every church person that I know, no matter whether the church has been big or small, has had some of those challenges. But what's also interesting here is I think your research showed this idea that while there's certainly challenges to going completely virtual, did you see some benefit in some ways, some unexpected things that maybe, you know, we, we wouldn't have thought of before? Yeah, I mean, of course, churches now are able to reach so many more people. Um, the internet is an incredible resource and, you know, you can reach people across several different countries by sending them a link. So churches now have that opportunity to get their message out to more people beyond their congregation that would come to their church on Sunday. So you can have people who are tuning in from, you know, France, they're tuning in from Germany and you're a church in, you know, Wyoming. Like you have that opportunity to, to speak to more people because you're doing a virtual service. Not only that, like your congregation, I think it's a benefit to have your congregation be challenged in the fact that now that you're no longer meeting in person, um, nobody's going to know if you're there or not. So I think it's also a spiritual challenge where are you going to, you know, make the effort to, to tune in on Sunday? Is that going to be a priority to you? Because, you know, and I, I'll raise my hand. I struggled with this the first like two or three weeks. I was like, oh man, I'm at home on Sunday. I don't have to wake up early to get to church. Am I still going to watch you know, when it's live or how is that going to look? Um, so I think it's dual in that it's a, it's an opportunity for people to, um, you know, share it with their family members that aren't living in the same state as them, but it's also an opportunity for people to, to challenge their own faith and to see how involved they want to be um, now that it's online and now there, there's not like an attendance thing, you know, because I think when you meet in person, you can kind of like see, oh, so-and-so's not here, or, you know, mm -hmm. but when it's yeah. online, nobody can see that. It's very anonymous online. So to yeah. have that you, uh, personal challenge is awesome. I was just going to ask real quickly, did you, in your research, did you find anything about, for example, my mother is 82. She mm -hmm. doesn't have a smartphone. She doesn't have a computer. She doesn't have an iPad. I mean, what about those folk who can't, I mean, what did you find out about that, if anything? Yeah, so that that was a huge factor in a lot of my research. A lot of, um, you know, elderly members of the congregation don't have that kind of technology. They don't have, you know, laptops, they don't have smartphones. So for them, it's, it's, and unfortunately, this is a danger that they're going to get forgotten, because a lot of churches, you know, are so focused on trying to like make their online services the most, you know, flashy or the, the coolest, sure, and they want to have sure. all these online chat things. And a lot sure. of the older congregation members are kind of getting left out because, you know, nobody's even calling to be like, hey, do you, do you have a computer? Do you know how to access this? Um, some churches are, which is great. There are a lot of mm -hmm. churches that are, you know, doing not door to door because we're doing six feet apart, but they're like calling up their elderly congregation members, making sure that they're okay. Um, and that kind of plays into the outreach portion of it, which I think, you know, those two go hand in hand because if you're not checking in on your congregation members yes. to see yes. like how they're doing, what like, 
it, you're kind of missing out and they might not want to go and watch your service on Sunday if you're not checking in on them. So sure. I think it's really important to, to ask those questions like who is on the outskirts, who is being forgotten here? And I think the elderly um, congregation population is, is in danger of being forgotten because of this virtual you know, barrier that can mm -hmm. be raised. Um, not yeah. everybody has their grandchildren to help them figure out stuff. So like, how do you help them in that way? Well, let's use that as a good transition, I think, because you mentioned this idea of what about outreach, you know, and it kind of ties in in that particular way. So let's make that, you know, let's look at some of the church's response that you're seeing regarding outreach during this time. How have you seen uh, the church's efforts to impact the community change? Because as you said, you know, it's just different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think churches that have had outreach programs, because um, like I said, that's a big part of what the church does. Um, I think right now we're being challenged to shift our focus outside of just who goes to your church. Um, okay. A lot of outreach programs sometimes will help, um, you know, low income members of the congregation, or they will help people who are, um, you know, struggling with other things in, in their congregation. But I think now, because everything is virtual, because everything is online, and because the whole world is being impacted by this, a lot of churches are saying, okay, who outside of our congregation can we help? What do we want to do that's in our local community? How can we serve our people that don't go to our church? How can we serve mm -hmm. people that don't even, you know, cross into our building ever? Like, how can we do that? Um, and so for that reason, I think a lot of churches are doing more local community outreach that may not even look like anything connected to a church. So that might look like doing a food bank that might look like um, you know, doing a drive-by, um, you know, grocery dropping off, like like people will drop off groceries, or it might look like said it, helping people do like telehealth visits. It might mm -hmm. look different um, than we think a church outreach program should look. But really, the question is like, how do you want people to remember how you helped them? Because mm -hmm. if you're a church in a local community and you're not doing anything to help the people around you. Um, they're not really going to want to be a part of your community. Like, shouldn't we be helping people um, that aren't even attached to us? Like, they're not even part of our congregation, but we should have that responsibility and that desire to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to help people. Um, because that's what Jesus did. He didn't only help people that knew him and loved him. Like, he helped people that spat on him and they, yeah. he, they hated him. Um, so we're just really following that example of what what does that look like? How do you mm -hmm. be the church, but how do you also be helpful to your community without having um, any of that, you know, church yeah, attachment stuff there? I recently heard someone sort of remind people this way. Uh, how do you want your story to be told when it's done? Right. I, and, and in the midst of all that's going on, I think it's really easy to get, I don't know, overwhelmed, I guess is mm -hmm. the term I would use, or maybe even confused because there's so much information coming or there's so everything's so different. But I yeah. think there's a, there's a lot of uh, churches and people that can become paralyzed in the midst of it, not because they don't want to help other people, not because they're being lazy. It's just they're caught in that moment. And that's why one of the benefits of having someone like you doing some research and helping us all on some things that like One Heart DC uh, has on their website mm -hmm. and those sort of things that we partner with here at Good News for the City uh, is very helpful for resources in that. And you've talked about some of the ways that you've, you've seen people reach out already, helping in the food banks or, or drive-bys or those sort of things. Uh, are there any other maybe new or creative ways that you, you think, hey, oh, this has been really interesting that I discovered? I think um, kind of going back to the technology world, I think a lot of churches are doing a great job of 
interacting with people via social media. Um, they're providing all these different resources. Like I saw one church in Florida who is, I think every Tuesday they hop on their Instagram and they give like health tips and they're like, oh, well, you, this is how you move your body. Or there's some churches that are um, providing like little arts and crafts for their younger kids to do. Um, so just finding ways like that, like think outside of the box. I think a lot of people are trying to just reenact their normal church online and it doesn't translate that way. You can't, I mean, even yeah. if we talk about text message, like text message sounds very different than if you're speaking to someone face-to-face if you're speaking to someone on the phone so I think it works the same way for church you can't just try to copy your normal it's not a copy and paste situation you have to adapt you have to always be thinking how can I reach somebody else how can my message be translated differently online like there's just so many aspects to the online world that you have to be thinking how can I do something different because nobody wants the same nobody's sitting there saying I want to see the exact same thing as what I do every other Sunday I want to see something new I want to be inspired. I want to see something that's fresh. I want to see that the church is adapting and it's moving and it knows how to, you know, work with challenges and obstacles. Because if you're just showing us the same stuff over and over again, if you're just, you know, trying to, you know, that phrase like business as usual, I hate that phrase. I don't want business as usual. This is not a usual time. This is an abnormal time. And I don't think that people should be trying to kind of create the same feeling Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not going to translate well and you're ultimately going to lose people that way. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm hoping that our listeners are catching this because that's freeing it's to hear because it's, yes. it's also very scary uh, mm-hmm. to do it in that way. One of the things that, um, you know, is different, for example, you know, if we were sitting and I was teaching in the worship center and all of a sudden everyone started talking back and forth to each other, I would say this isn't working. Right. But if I'm teaching it online and everyone starts talking online back and forth, it's a sign it is working and it mm-hmm. is connecting. It's, it's completely different in, in lots of ways, uh, not just that, but in some of the ones that you talked about and I'm sure your research goes into that a little bit as well. Hey, give me in that sort of the last minute or so a takeaway from your findings that you think would be really beneficial for churches to implement during this this time. Um, I think going back to what I just said, don't try to copy the normal. Be different. Think outside of the box. Don't get caught up in the mindset of just trying to, you know, have more viewers or have more people tune into your service. Think about ways that you can serve people. Um, and that way people will really be touched. People are going to remember how you treated them during this time. They're not going to remember how you looked or how your service went. They're going to remember how you made them feel and they're going to remember how you served them. So I think putting service above all is going to be the most important thing. And I think that that's going to enable the church to kind of shine because that's all that God's love is doing. God's love is powerful enough to do whatever needs to be done in the spiritual and physical world. So it's our job just to step into that gap and to be the service and to, to not worry about, you know, perfection. Also, I think a lot of churches are getting caught up with the perfection trap right now. And we need to just be, you know, as long as the message is clear and the people are feeling that they're being served and their needs are being met, I don't think that you have to be overly perfect during this time. That's so incredibly enlightening, Olivia. I, uh, let me tell you how weird I am. So I don't have limits on Sunday morning. I don't have to go to a place. So I watch, and I have a lot of people on the air with me at WAVA, and I watch my buddy Brian. I watch about five or six worship services right. every Sunday, and I love, I love the simplicity of, like Brian, I mean, he's, he's kind of sitting or standing at a table and just giving us the pure word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his folks, um, this family that I love to hear sing at Brian's church, they're just standing at home by, I mean, nothing snazzy, nothing big, you know, big production, but it's amazing how the word of God 
comes forth, and we are so very grateful. So, yeah, my wife asked me last Sunday, she said, how many churches did you go to today? And I said, only five today. So, uh, anyway, it's a very cool thing. So, thank you. This has been incredibly enlightening. Um, we are so glad that you were with us today. Folks, if you want to hear this again, and if you wanted to, to get into what Olivia had to say, by the way, her information is on goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can also rehear this um, on the podcast on goodnewsforthecity.com, or you can go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, look under podcast, and there it is. Or again, you can always call my office at WAVA. I do have an answering system. I'll get that. 703-807-2266. Olivia, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. Folks, thank you for listening in today, and we will see you again next week. And remember this, you get it every week. The gospel makes the way. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.